Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. supposed to be uh, speaking on kingdom family, um, but I've realized I've got to factor in to um, the whole equation of being the family of God, which I believe is one of the big challenges for us as being a church, to migrate together to become brothers and sisters, like Julie said. This is very hard. So our Western mentality is like that we come to church and this is like a cinema, like I'm doing a show right now, like I'm maybe a stand-up comedian maybe even, I don't know. Uh, but it's not. We're a family of God. We're an army. We're a body put together to be a mighty force to bring good news to the surrounding areas. Amen? So it's not a show. You are included as the body. We are the hands, we're the feet, we're the voice of God. Jesus is the head, we are the body. And we walk out in a practical way into the high schools, into the marketplace, into Africa. Jamie and Garth are going to Africa in May. And uh, Indonesia, Thailand. And we walk out God's plans and purposes through flesh and blood. Amen? And you are that part that make all this church is put together by people that offer themselves as parts of the body. That's the family challenge right there. I don't want to be part of the body. I I, I just live unto myself. I'm independent. That's what the world teaches you. The world teaches you to be selfish. I look after me and myself and I. The radical thing that happens when you get saved is that you get impregnated with the Holy Spirit. That you have the Holy Spirit inside you which is proposing to you to live a different life. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is trying to help your, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit is the comforter and the counselor. And the counselor is saying, that's greedy. That's selfish. That's not good. The Holy Spirit's doing that as you allow yourself to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit. No, I turn my back on you and I'll walk this way. Thank you very much. You can do that easy. But the, the deal is, is that... Um, God wants us to be a family. But before I can allow you to take that challenge, which is, I believe, huge, to become the family of God, I've got to show you and teach you and prove to you that it's the Word of God that undergirds everything we do. So here it is. Let's say hi to our podcast listeners. Can we give it up for them? Woo! Yeah. Now I'm going to change gears. Is that cool? Okay. The church is made of two main principles, two main components. The church is here by reason of the Word of God, the Gospel. That's why it's here. The Word is truth. 
hang on to it, don't let it go. People used to get sawn in half because they believed in Jesus and whatever, you know, hang on to that word, don't let the devil or anything steal it from you, no clever atheist or anyone. The word of God is, is yours, you need that word of God. The word has a mission. The word has a mission. The, 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 the word needs to get out and be proclaimed and preached and taught and spoken and, and we need to sing it and preach it and declare it and believe it, you know. The word has a mission. The other half of what church is, is the community. We're going to deal with that next week, the community, the family of God. Let's have a look of the church and the word of God. Let's check that out. You ready? Here we go. Here's some scriptures. Let's go to John 14, 13, John, uh, the gospel of John 14, 13. And say this for me, God rules through his word. Our Christianity is word-centered because God rules through his gospel word. And we can see that in the Word of God. Uh, in the beginning, as you know, um, it was formless and empty, wasn't it? Darkness. And then in Genesis, uh, sorry guys, I've, I've skipped that for you, but that's okay. Genesis 1, 1 to 3, it says, let there be light. Can you see that? And, okay, here's the planet, chaos, empty, darkness, nothing much happening. And then God said, let there be light. That's the Word of God. The Word of God created light. It created order out of disorder. It created God's purposes and plans through the Word of God. When God's Word is not heard, chaos and darkness close in again. Adam and Eve, let's just quickly go there. Adam and Eve, they were called to trust God's Word, weren't they? Genesis uh, 3.1 Satan comes along and Satan says, did God really say that? Did God really say that? And then it says in verse 4, nah. And then of course, Eve denied God's word. Doubt and denied God's word. Once they did that, they abdicated God's rule and reign over them. God's rule and reign happens through his word. Once we push back on his word... We say, poo-poo to him. He rules through his word. If we don't respond to his word, believe in his word, trust in his word, and do his word, we, we, we don't allow Christ to rule and God to rule over our life. And then, of course, you've got Abraham. So I'm just doing a quick paraphrase of something here, of how God rules through his word. Um, Abraham comes along and God says, well, I'm going to try again with humanity. And uh, he speaks to Abraham, Genesis uh, chapter 12. And he says to Abraham, you know what? I'm going to send you on a spiritual pilgrimage. If you leave your father's household who don't believe in me, but they serve idols. Abraham, if you come out of that household, if you come out of that place of where you used to, where you live, and if you come and follow this journey with me, this pilgrimage, and if you follow me obediently, I'm going to cause you to be blessed, your land to be blessed, and I'm going to allow you to be blessed, to be a blessing, if you do that. Do you like that? So Abraham says, yeah, I can do that. And then we have people, and people get disobedient again, they, they, unfortunately, disobedience. And then, of course, 
God's people are locked into Pharaoh. Type of Satan is Pharaoh. God's people, a million or so of them, are locked into Pharaoh, being treated as slaves. And then Moses is being called to be a deliverer. Moses says, I can't speak to him. I stutter. Who am I? I can't do that. No, you're the man. You got to... And he goes, let my people go. And God's people are released through a word. And then, of course, Moses is then given the Ten Commandments, which is the law of God, the Ten Commandments. And they take those Ten Commandments and, and they take those commandments and live by those commandments until and with a promise of a, of a Savior to come. Jesus comes in John 1, 1 to 3. Here comes the word again. This is how Jesus rules. John, Gospel of John, 1, chapter 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word. I'm chopping and changing on these guys tonight. John, chapter 1. Verse 1. I need to get this through because this is going to help someone. Thank you, Father. Tell me when it's up there. It was and now it's not. Amen. Thank you. Now, here comes Jesus. He's going to set it straight because He is the Word. And here it is. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So it's through God and it's through the Word of God. It's through, hold up one of these if you got one. It's through the Word of God. If your life is going a bit haywire and it's getting distorted and knocked out of shape, if you've been knocked out of shape... You need to get the Word, and this Word will shape you and, and, and get you fit again on the inside and out, because the world can knock you out of shape. The Word shapes humanity. As we follow the Word, we get blessed, healed. You be disobedient to the Word, you start to get sick, you start to get jaded, despondent, oppressed, depressed, whatever. But the Word of God will heal you and bless you and sort you straight. Amen? So if you're feeling a bit dowdy, maybe you don't need some new clothes. Maybe you need the Word of God. It's the Word. God rules, say this, God rules through His Word. I'll tell you now, you can come through those doors as many times as you like, but until you have the Word of God living on the inside of you, you're going to stay the same. Is that okay? You need to find a Bible. An iPhone, some of you are looking at iPhones. That's great. Highlight, underline, make notes. Find a way to take that journey through the Word. Some people pull up at the Word and they go, Oh my God, look at all the trees. Where's the path through here? I mean, it's a bit scary, really. No, just go. Be adventurous. Go. Find a way through the Bible. You can. The Holy Spirit will help you. Of course, God's people were liberated. And that's how God rules. The reality is that the rule of God is a rule of life, blessing, peace, and justice. And we love that. Okay. Let's have a look at what happens when we get saved. And Christians get saved. Or, uh, people get saved all the time. Become Christians by responding to the Word of God by faith. Let's look at John 5.24. So I've got some scriptures for you here. So we saw in the Old Testament, God's Word, God's Word, God's Word. And here we are again now. 
We're in the 21st century, and it's the same deal. God cannot do anything unless we respond to the Word of God. It's like your diet, man. You can, man, you can try and lose weight, and, but unless you exercise, eat right, it maybe ain't going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? You've got to exercise. You've got to eat right. You've got to drink water. You've got to breathe in fresh air. The more you do that, the more healthy you get. That's exactly the state of affairs with our Christian life. So here it is. This is what happens. John um, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 24, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. That's what happened when we got saved. True disciples are those who abide in his word. John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So it's great news you're in church. It's great news you believe in God. It's, a, it's great news you've got that comfort of going to heaven. But at the end of the day, Jesus said, my friends, my disciples are those ones who are in obedience to my word. Matt, uh, John 8.31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. I love that. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, what does it say? Can we have it up there, please, guys? 2 Timothy 3.15 to 16. And this is something we need to take to heart too. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Boy, we're slow off the mark tonight. Tell me when it's up there. 2 Timothy 3.15 to 16. Okay, here it is. And... How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 16, verse 16, thank you. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Basically, that's talking about doing a number on you. God's Word is brilliant, awesome on doing a number on you. The Bible says the word in James, it says the word is like a mirror. When you look at it, you actually can see yourself in terms of your ugly stuff and your good stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's quite challenging to go into the word. And, but if you want to grow and become more Christ-like, it's, it's awesome. Amen? Now here it is. Okay, I've done that. Thank you, Jesus. Let me teach you something about intimacy with God. Everyone wants to be intimate with Jesus. Is that right? So John 15 verse 8 says this. This is a real key here. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. John 14 21 Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Jesus here is revealing to us how we can be intimate with him. Okay, you might be 
in, you might have got saved some time ago, you might have been coming to church and you do come to church, but you're not really having that personal encounter with God, amen, that intimacy with God, which is a beautiful thing. It's where God speaks to you and God loves you and blesses you. And, and how to remedy that? I've, I've pressed towards Him, I've worshipped, worshipped Him, I've, I've done my darndest. There, there is a key, there's a key here with what Jesus is saying. He says, the way to have intimacy with Christ is to be obedient to His commands. Can you see that? Whoever has my commands, whoever obeys my commands, Jesus said, and obeys them, He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and, guess what? Not only the Father, but Jesus said, and I too will love Him. This is brilliant. This is awesome. All this happens through one scripture. The Greek word uh, that is translated from manifest, and I can't even pronounce it in uh, John 14, 21, means to impart knowledge. It implies an obvious manifestation. That is, He will make His presence known to you and He will open His heart to you. You will see Him in ways that others don't and you will experience all that he, that he is in a tangible way that is hidden from those who don't love him by obeying his commands. You will take God, if you take God seriously, enough to dis discover Jesus' teachings, commands, and practices. So it's really getting back to what Jesus said, and apparently there's 220 commands of Jesus. If you are obedient to those words to the commands and his teachings and instructions. Soon enough, God comes closer and closer and closer. And he, through his manifested presence, he begins to impart knowledge. And that knowledge becomes a personal relationship to you and him. Not just a religion where God is out there and I'm happy he's out there, but I have no perception or no experience of really having that personal time or personal experience with him who would honestly love the personal experience of God in their life to speak to you in ways that only you know that you can't even fathom in the sense that nobody else could help you or counsel you but Jesus can if you allow him to come close enough this is why it's so important to have this intimacy with God so important. We don't want to become sandbanked on religion, just a mental ascension to God and not have a heart-to-heart -heart arrangement with God. John 14, 23 says, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. That sounds pretty serious, pretty intimate. 24, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus is saying, this is the way to intimacy. We, we would like to think it's all just mushy and it's all based in feelings. And Jesus, oh Jesus, you're so awesome. But really, Jesus and the case taken here that I'm building is really about intimacy and Jesus love language is doing if you guess what my love language is 
<laughs> no, it's not physical touch. Don't touch me. <laughs> My wife can, but she, um, it, it's it's people doing things. I, I I love it, man. I remember she's not here tonight, but we had a work and be, and one of our good young ladies, school teacher, she is. I'll say who it was, Janice, and um, she was out there carrying big big lengths of timber. You know, and all the guys are out there, you know, doing their man stuff. And she was carrying these lumps of timber. I went, that's my sort of woman right there. And she's my best friend. I just love works of service. So there's five love languages, by the way. Help me, Jules. What are they? Uh, Acts of service. Um, Physical touch. touch, Quality time. time, Gifts. gifts, Words of affirmation. affirmation. So you need to figure out your love language. I know mine. This is about the love language of Jesus. It's an incredible truth. Mm. John 15, 14. I know I'm layering in a lot of scriptures, but I'm building a case. I'm getting somewhere. I'm nearly done. You are my friends if you do what I command. Is that coming up there now? Fifteen fifty. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Yeah, because someone came up to Jesus. He's having a meeting. And, and, and Jesus, someone said, Jesus, your mum and your mum and your brother are outside. And he said, my mum and brother are the ones sitting here that are obedient to my will, to my words. That's powerful. This is incredible. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Wow. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Jesus replied, 14.23, John 14.23, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. I know I repeated myself, but that's okay. Here is the kicker in Matthew 10.37, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now this is a real challenge and there's four versions of this scripture in the Gospels. Here it is. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than... This is the words of Jesus. That's what I've got to say straight up. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Right. The first thing we think about is love. Um, Emotional love. Is it agape love? Is it love, emotional love? No, it's not that. The love that he's just talked about is the love of obeying his word. If Jesse says, oh, Dad, um, can we, on Sunday, can we go to do all that great stuff, and and I say, man, you know what, I love you so much, yeah, let's go down and see that concert, it's going to be awesome, yeah, who's visiting at the moment, not Ringo Starr, you wouldn't go see Ringo Starr, would you, Carol King is coming to Sydney, Hunter Valley, and it's on Sunday, wow, yeah, all right, look, I really love you, and uh, you know what, yeah, let's do it. If I do that rather than honor God and God says, man, I, I really wanted you to run C3 Tugger. I really wanted you to be there and pastor that church and layer in another truth of mine. Um, that's not good. That's all that that's talking about. It's not if we love Jesus more than I love Jessica. It's not talking about that. It's saying if I defer to my children and, and 
use them as my number one priority and say, oh, Jesus, Jesse needs new shoes. I'll use my tithe to buy those. <laughs> if I, can, you, can you getting that? It's not about the emotional. I love Jesus. I love Jesse. They're unique in their own way. There's no comparison. But if I defer to my kids, if I say, I'm going to keep my kids home from church tonight because, oh, look, they're crying. They don't want to go. And, oh, the poor kids, you know. No, they'll come because the dad says we need to be in church. Is that making sense? Is that making sense? Because I know what this, because I, my kids were everything to me. My kids were number one. I would do anything for my kids. But there's one thing I won't do for my kids, and that's I won't bow my knee to my kids and forsake God and Jesus. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand right there. And my best friend. Your best friend comes. Oh, come on, let's do this. Yeah, man, forget that. Yeah, come on, let's do this. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, let's go. No, what's Jesus telling you? young person. Wow. It's powerful. Three purposes of Jesus' commands. Nearly done. To reveal un, unseen truth hidden by darkness. John 18, 12. Uh, when Jesus again spoke to the people, he said, this is powerful. John 8, 12. I hope you highlight this. Take it down. Take it home with you. This is your homework. John 8, 12. Three purposes of the Word of God. And I'm nearly done. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, say follow me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, life. Will have the light. So if I walk and follow Jesus, I've got, can you give me some floodlight right now? Can you? Yeah, it's like, I've got God. on. But if I disobey God and walk in the shadows in the dark, Not good. If you follow God's word, if you're in agreement with God, follow the word, you're in the light. Love it. Once you turn your back, that's a light up there, right? Once you turn your back on God, there's a shadow, right? Here you go, Sam. Now, who wants to backslide with me? Because I'm... Because, man, we've been to church, C3 Tungra, it's, it's awesome. We just worship God, but Monday, Tuesday, look, I'm not sure about God and Jesus, you know. Let's go down to the club. Let's turn our back. No, I don't want Andrew to, but I have to. Look, everyone can backslide with me just for a couple of seconds. Join with me one by one. James, you can backslide with me for a, join with me, buddy. We're turning our back on God. We're not following God. We're not in agreement to the word. He rules through his word. Through his word, light comes, health comes, blessings come. But look, let's, let's ignore that for the moment. Let's turn our back. Let's go towards Egypt because it's party time, buddy. And, um, and we need to go down there. So once we turn our back, I need that light just bright as you can get it on me. I need it on me. And we're going to have more shadows. Okay, Jason, you're going to have to backslide for me, mate. Sorry. Just move, I'm moving over. More backsliding, mates. Oh, I love the backsliders. Okay, if I have another backslider, there's more shadow. It's going to be really tough to see, guys, but we're going to have a good time. Trust me. Uh, Andrew, could you... Oh, no, Ollie, Ollie, you can join me. 
and uh, definitely says, okay, he wants to be part of the backsliders. And uh, if we have a few of us now and we turn our back on the light, that light hits us fairly in the back. And here, if this was a better demonstration, we would hardly be able to see. And the more people we get doing this, the darker it's going to get and the harder we're going to trip over, fall over spiritual cliffs. It could be perilous, but we're going to party, man. God bless you. I don't want to see anyone else backslide. God bless you. Give it up for those guys. They're awesome. Uh, everyone backslides a little bit. The, um, and so did you get that at the tail end of John 8, 12? It says, but we'll have the light of life if we follow the word and follow Jesus. Two, to reveal God's miraculous will for us in every moment. Um, young man, he's in college. He's a diver. He goes to the school college diving uh, pool. It's dark. He can't find the switch. He's a professional diver. It's late at night. It's 11 o'clock at night. I think this is a, a story in America. And, um, and of course, he can't find the light. He knows the pool anyway. He gets up the tower. He gets to the edge and um, he's got his hands up. He's got his posture going. He's got his poise happening. And all of a sudden, a shaft, a moonlight shaft of light silhouettes on the wall a picture of a man hanging. And it's suddenly the weight of what he'd heard somewhere in some spiritual meeting of the price that Christ paid a price for him, for his sin. And he sees this and he goes, my God. And he remembers the scripture uh, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The weight of that suddenly hit him and he realized, my God. He climbed down off the tower. He was about to walk out and the caretaker flicked the switch on. The pool was empty. Yeah. The light of God's word, it can reveal in an instant and a virtue from tragedy you need the light of God. Okay, three, to empower us with the grace to do His will in every circumstance. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. I'll say that again. Philippians 2.13 This is three purposes of the commands of Jesus. They're not burdensome. They're not trying to reduce your life and box you in. They actually optimize your life. Say optimize. They actually optimize your life. You don't live bored, square, boring, doesn't stop you dancing, doesn't stop you smiling, doesn't stop you partying for Jesus and having fun. It actually optimizes your life. Life abundant, John 10.10. 10. The devil comes to lie, steal and destroy, but I, Jesus said, but I have come to give you life, life abundantly. The joy, the laughter, the peace, the righteousness, all that and more is yours. Your health, your prosperity, your better jobs, your, 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 your life, in fact, is there for the beckoning if you live like this. Praise God. Matthew 14, 20, 28. 
Lord, if it's you, this is another great reason for God's word. Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. This is the story of Peter in the boat. They look through the the storm. They see Jesus walking on the water, literally walking on the water. Lord, if it's you, the disciple says, Peter says, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. I can see some people out here who who would say this maybe. And, And then Jesus says, come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. That was just one word, come. Imagine if he gave you more than that. Oh my God. And this is the scripture that nails and that you need to remember. And uh, Matthew 7, 24. While they get to there, I'll quote John 5, 3. This is love for God. This is the love for God, to obey his commands. So God, what's your love language? To obey your commands? Oh, okay. And his commands are not burdensome. Matthew 7.24 says it like this. This is a great parable. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, these commands of mine, these instructions of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Say wise man. And who built his house. Say built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose like it did the other night, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, life happened, life happened, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a big crash. And you see it time and time again. But it does say at the start of that parable, he who does, mm, let's get it right, Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Jesus is not here physically, guys, but Jesus is here. The words are eternal. The words are living. This is how God leads us, follows us. Ollie, can you just walk this Bible for me? You're the Holy Ghost. Can you just just walk around like that? And I'm just going to just follow in Jesus. Thank you, musicians. Just follow in Jesus. If I continue to walk after the Word of God and follow the instruction of the Word of God, I will live in the light of God. Once I break away, thank you, being to church, what else is there? Oh, man, it's a bit dark, but I'll be right. I'll be right. Woo, yeah, party time. Oh, no, I better get back. It's a bit scary out there. Ah, Holy Spirit, thank you. Yes, I'm saved. Have you got something to say to me? And Jesus, what's your commands? And you're teaching me. And, and the Holy Spirit is your best friend. The Holy Spirit is around you. Constantly in the morning when you wake up, why don't you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's all stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Jesus rules and reigns. God rules through his word, has done from creation to new creation. If we listen to the word of God, if we listen to the word, 
Oh, if we listen to the word, my God. Woo! Sky's the limit, not even the limit. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.